This is Meditations for Misfits, and I'm Fred Gruy. In this episode, I'm going to share some reflections, a reading, if you will, on one of the most famous passages from the Gospel of St. John, where Jesus talks about being born again. The text that Mark read for us this morning is, is one of, as he said, one of the most famous in our culture, at least in this day and age, uh, that people are familiar with. Uh, if you've ever been to a sporting event near the goal line or the, the basket, you'll probably see signs that say John 3.16, referencing the verse in this passage that has been given to us. And in this ancient text that was written, uh, Sherry asked me a little while ago, it was probably written a good 60 years after Jesus died. So that's probably the earliest this text was assembled. But there's a lot of landmines for those of us of a more progressive nature in this story. So Mark read to us from the the message, the Eugene Peterson uh, translation or interpretation of this text. In a more uh, literal translation, there are words like this. Jesus says, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Or in another place, verse 5, very truly I tell you, No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from, whether it's where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. And everyone who trusts or believes in me will have eternal life. And then verse 16, the kicker. For God so loved the world that he gave gave his one and only Son that whosoever should believeth on him will not die but have eternal life. Because God does not want to condemn the world but to save the world. So preachers, not unlike me, have stood before platforms like this and proclaim they know what this is all about. And they're sure they understand these words. And if only you would listen to me, you won't fry. (laughs) You won't pass go. You won't collect $200. You'll go straightly to heaven. And and, and we act like we know the, the limitations and depths of these words. And it's like trying to describe some of the images from the Hubble telescope. Or if you've ever sat at the beach at a sunset and just watched the sun go down and the way the the colors change and you're all alone and and you feel the fastness and to try to explain that. Say, oh, this is what that means. Right. And so, in all humility, I'm I'm not going to stand here and try to pretend that I know that I've plumbed the depths of what these words have to say to us. But I can offer you a reading. And it is uh, an informed reading of how I look at these words and and try to absorb them into my own living as a human being in 20 and 23 in Ashland, Oregon. 
And so I offer with humility a reading of some of these words. And so I'd like to begin by talking about some of the particular phrases or words that are loaded by theologians with deep meaning. And one of the first we come to is what Mark read to us, the realm of God. So that's often translated uh, the kingdom of God. But because in this space, we're very aware that God is not male or female or any particular pronoun or gender. Beyond all of that, we try to get away from kingdom language because it's so patriarchal. And so we would translate that as the realm of God. And this is a very, very important concept if you want to read the Bible. Because in the words of Jesus, you know, if you've ever seen a, seen a red letter Bible where all the words of Jesus are in red letters, this is the most common thing Jesus talks about. There's nothing comes close to Jesus talking about the realm of God. It's topic number one, without question. And, 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 and we try to unpack, well, what did he mean? And there's libraries of books filled with opinions about what Jesus may have meant by this phrase, the realm of God, or the kingdom of God. And here's the way I, I would try to explain it, or as I try to cope with what it may mean. We live in the realm of the United States of America. And living in the realm of the United States of America, there's certain laws that govern how we act and behave. For example, come April 15th, one of the laws of the realm of the United States is you better pay taxes or you're going to be in really big trouble. So that's one of the laws in the realm of the United States. Another law in the realm of the United States, if you get on an interstate highway, the speed limit's going to be 65 or 70 miles an hour, depending on where you are. And if you go faster than that, you're going to be in trouble. And so there's laws that govern the realm of the United States. Now, if we went to Russia, there'd be different laws that govern the realm of Russia. And so you could be in downtown Moscow... And all of the laws of the realm of Russia apply to you. And if you don't obey them, you could be in big trouble and end up in Siberia. But magically, if you go to the American embassy in downtown Moscow, and you cross the threshold of the embassy, you're not in Russia anymore. Now, your iPhone and GPS may say you're in Moscow and you're in Russia. But in reality, you're in the United States. When you cross that threshold, you're in a different realm. And the laws of the realm of the United States now apply to you when you're in the embassy. And, and for me, that's a helpful metaphor of the realm of God. The realm of God has its own rules and laws. And, and Jesus alludes to these throughout the Gospels. For example, the first will be last. In the realm of God. In the realm of God, it doesn't matter what your pronouns are or how you identify sexually or culturally or ethnically. You are welcome 
in the realm of God. You're loved just as you are in the realm of God. Doesn't matter what your income level is or what degrees may or may not be after your name. Doesn't matter. You have value and worth in the realm of God. You're to be accepted and honored for who you are in God's realm. And, and the goal here is that we work to help the realm of God penetrate the realm of the United States or the realm of empire. We're out there. You know, it's how you look, how old you are, how young you are, how much money you got. You're valued by how much you can contribute or how much you can spend determines your worth out there. But when you cross the threshold here, it's our hope that you're in the realm of God embassy and the rules that apply out there don't necessarily apply in here. That this is a sanctuary, a safe place. And so the goal, the realm of God, as Jesus says, it's at hand, it's here. So some of us read that and think, well, that's heaven or that's what happens next. Like if you, if you really behave now and don't smoke or chew or date the girls that do, when you die, you'll get to go to heaven, the, the realm of God. But that's, the, the, Jesus says the realm of God is here. It's here right now. Amen. It is. All right, Susan. And part of the deal is that we are to participate with the expanding of that realm. And that's what we're trying to do here. Now, one of the ways we can participate in helping the realm of God interpenetrate this whole world you and I live in is by being connected to the creator of the realm of God. So being connected is what it's all about. And that's how I translate the phrase born again or born from above. I'm sure someone probably has asked you, are you born again? Not unlike Nicodemus. Are you born again? And for me, that's just about being connected with the creator. And here's the way I think of it. Most of us have cell phones now. I mean, you can't even hardly be a human being. I think there's more cell phones than human beings on the planet right now. And the deal with a cell phone is this thing is absolutely worthless if you don't have connection. If you've got zero bars, it's a dead weight. If, if, if there's no Wi-Fi and, and there's no bars, this thing is worthless. And it's much like me. If I'm not connected to the... I'm, a, I'm as valuable as a cell phone with no bars and no Wi-Fi if I'm not connected with the creator of the realm of God. So the whole goal here is get connected. Find connection. And, and Jesus says, when you're connected with the creator... It'll be like the wind. You can't see the wind. You don't know where it comes from and you don't know where it's going. But when the, the leaves rustle and the, the limbs are moving, you know there's wind. It's invisible. But it's mysterious because you don't know where it came from, don't know where it's going. Well, that's much like us. Diana shared Paula's soul couldn't be here to sing the song she wrote this morning because last night, 
Her dear mother-in-law, Helena Soule, died over at uh, Valley View Memory Care place. Now, Helena was lovingly surrounded by the Soule family. There were a lot of souls there at <laughs> Valley View last night. They were singing to her and loving on Helena, this matriarch of the family, Brian's mom. And uh, Friday, I got to go over and I spent some time with Helena. And, and it, was, it, it was so touching to me. She remembered who I was and she kissed me on the head. And I said, you kiss all the strange men that come in your room. And she laughed. And, and Paula was there and Paula and Brian's daughter Hannah was there. And, and Helena fell back onto her little cot and she was breathing this little body that's lost so much weight and muscle tissue and all that as people are near death happens. And she was still breathing and she was not in pain. And Paula and I were talking about the mystery of it all because we could see she was breathing. That whatever that thing is that's in you and me that causes bone and blood and cell tissue to take in a breath and then release it. Whatever that mysterious thing is, that animating something, was in Helena. But we were both aware that in a few days or hours, whatever that thing is, wasn't going to be there. And Helena's bones and blood and cell tissue would not take in breath anymore or give it out. It's a mystery. And I think that's part of what Jesus said. It's a mystery what's in us. But while we have that animating whatever that thing is in us, the goal is to get connected with the creator of the realm so that we're taking in more than breath and giving out more than breath, that we're taking in life and giving out life, that we are life-giving to those around us, that we are engaged with life for as long as we can take breath in and give it out. Now, for me, as I shared a couple weeks ago, the evidence of being connected with the Creator, I suggested was it a feeling of interconnectedness and a humility of realizing I don't know much about anything, but we're in this together, and that it breaks us open to be compassionate. So those are my evidences of where the wind is blowing. You know, I, I I don't know where it's come from, don't know where it's going, but those are evidences that the Spirit is around, the wind is around. Well, Paul the Apostle had evidences of what he saw as spirit giving life to something, and, and he wrote them down in the fifth chapter of his letter to the Galatians, where he said, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those were the evidences for Paul the Apostle that someone was connected with the Creator. But the goal here is to be connected. Because to not be connected is not to be fully engaged with life. And then that brings to another key term in this passage is this term eternal life. So once again, when we hear that word, those words in English years, many people in our culture say, well, that's heaven. That means when we die, we get to go to eternal life. And that's not what it means in the Greek or what it would have meant to the original hearers. It's talking more about the quality of our living, that we are flourishing, that we are fully engaged. While we're taking in breath and giving it out, we're fully alive and helping to give life 
It's about the quality of our living, what eternal life really means. And then in this text, Jesus does very clearly say to Nicodemus, look, you can trust me. I know what I'm talking about. So Jesus is very clear. Eh, I know this stuff. And you should know it too. You, you proclaim to be a teacher of, of God's people. And then finally, there's this term at the end where God does not want to condemn the world, but to save the world. And we hear that word save, and that is a loaded term for many of us. In the Greek of the New Testament, it's the word sozo, sozo. S-O-Z-O is how it's spelled. It's pronounced S-O-D-Z-O, sozo. It's a verb. It occurs over 300 times in the New Testament. It's an action word. And it does mean to be saved, but it also means to be healed. And it also means to be delivered. When Jesus cast demons out of some people, they were sozoed. And so what the word literally means is to be whole and integrated in all that I am and flourishing in harmony with all of creation. It's a vast term, sozo. And that what Jesus is saying in this text is God doesn't want to condemn. That's not the purpose of all this. It's to sozo, it's to give life, it's to integrate, it's to bring harmony into the chaos that is you, that is me, that is everybody on this planet, to bring it all together, to sozo it. So I think those are some of the ideas Jesus is communicating in this conversation with Nicodemus. And for me, the great tragedy is that people like me have stood in places like this and we've taken these words and beaten people over the head about who they're cell phone service provider is. <laughs> if you don't have Sprint or U.S. Cellular or Verizon, you're doing it wrong and you're really not connected. And we argue over the best provider to get connected. And we miss the whole point. The whole point is to get connected. It's not about who the service provider is. <laughs> Because if you have no bars, it doesn't matter who the service provider is. <laughs> the goal is to get connected with the creator and to be fully alive. And however you connect, connect. That's the point. Be alive. Give life. Experience sozo in every cell of your being. And go help sozo happen wherever you go, by being connected with the one that gives all of life. That's how I read these words. And so in a few moments, we're going to take communion together. And I want you to know that our table that we'll bring out, and we'll bring this stuff up, is open to everybody. No one is disqualified from coming to the table. Because this table is a vehicle to help in the connection. You might be down to one bar. Come on up to the table. <laughs> See if you find a couple more bars to increase that connection. That's what we're hoping for. So no matter 
what you believe or don't believe, you are welcome here. Because we're all just trying to greater connect with the one and with each other. May it be so.